Welcome to Crushing Disappointment. In this episode, I'm chatting to Misha about the recurring dreams she's been having about Danny DeVito. But it actually takes us quite a while to get into Danny DeVito. And that's because before I uploaded the Orlando Bloom episode, I read an article that was saying that podcasts should stick to their subject and you should learn to get better at editing. And so I cut quite a lot out of that episode. And I think I might have um, sucked its soul out. So... I went the opposite route with this one and I've kept all the sort of additional chat in. But um, it does mean that there's a good 20 minutes, I think, before we get to Danny DeVito, where we're mostly talking about greetings and love languages and my failures at them. So um, I've kept that in because I'm vain. Um, The only other little bit to add is that there might be some spoilers for two Netflix films. The first is To All the Boys I've Loved Before, which is great and you should watch it. The second is Sierra Burgess is a Loser, which I've not watched, but I've heard it's crap, so don't watch it. You've been warned now if you're... I don't think they are really spoilers, but just in case, that's there. Here's the crush. I wanted to start off by talking about greetings. Greetings? Yes, because, as you know, I'm not a hugger, and you are a hugger. I'm a massive hugger. So... I don't know, so you just met my sister and went in straight for a hug. That would intimidate the hell out of me to go straight for a hug. Like, how, are you, I don't know, a touchy person? Yes. Well, no, I'm not touchy if you're, like, a stranger, but I think if you're meeting somebody and you're like, we're going to be, in, in a, like, a friendship way, like, I'm in her home, mm-hmm. like, I think it's a nice thing to do. But, like, obviously, you have to ask first. I've learned that because, obviously, there's people like you who just are scared of other people. Mm-hmm. And then there's people, for religious reasons, don't believe that you should touch a woman, which uh, is a thing. Yeah. I mean, I was chatting about this with someone a couple of days ago, and I realized that I think it came from, just about when I was a teenager, I hugged a girl, but she was quite a bit shorter than me, and I sort of um, leaned over, and she, I think she called me patronizing. I remember being sort of really sort of taken aback and just feeling like I'd completely messed it up. And I just feel like there's so and so many ways in which I feel like I can get it wrong. I don't understand how a hug can be patronizing. Because she was, I feel like, also just being tall, if you're, if someone hugs me, they tend to be hugging my, like, even my, the he- their head tends to be in my chest or in my stomach. So you think it's immediately more intimate yeah. than a regular hug? Yeah. Like, okay. if, if we were both at the same sort of head height. So if somebody stood on a stool yeah. to hug you, you would be fine with I that? I think so. And then, But then I get so paranoid of not touching people inappropriately. Because also, I don't know where to put my hands. Yeah, it's consent. It's important. But it's, uh, even if I have consent, I feel like I don't... I had um, one when I was at school and we had we were taught dancing for like a, a citizenship lesson. Mm-hmm. And I put my arms around this girl and I thought I put them just around her back. I don't know if... And I was accused of groping and that freaked me out as were well. Were you too low? I don't... I feel like she, if you stay in the upper shoulder blade region, no one would argue. It would be an it awkward was, hug. It must have been back. It was top of her back I was holding on to. Why then? I really don't know why... They were accused of groping. Well, that's the thing. So I don't but know what the rules are. who was accusing you? The teacher? The teacher. Oh, wow. And, and then I, I feel like... And then I was told to move my hands... I think maybe to her waist, but that felt more. Well, I'm surprised that you were groping. I didn't know that you could grope someone's upper back. This is... So it wasn't... Didn't... I'm completely out of sync of what <laughs> is acceptable of where you can touch people. I think now you're no longer in dancing school. Mm-hmm. I think... <laughs> <laughs> it was one lesson. <laughs> but I think that... If you stayed to the upper back top area, that's the generally the most respectful place. Okay. Nearer the butt is not good. Definitely True. don't go for the sides. And also, do do I 
put my arms at like a diagonal angle over someone. Well, it depends because you're quite tall. Okay. So I would probably just let them go low, you go high. Mm-hmm. That's probably how I would do it if I was you. Yeah. I think diagonal would be very awkward <laughs> because you would have to probably kneal on but, one leg. But if someone's like significantly shorter than me, my arm's going to go around their head. Mm-hmm. So, don't, so you just lower it just so they... Just so... No, but I think that that girl sounds a little off. <laughs> it's actually Anna from the John from Reese Myers episode. Oh, well... I don't know, Anna. You'll have to tell us why it was patronizing. I don't understand. And I think it's really funny that Anna has given you a complex. (laughs) Yeah, I... Yeah, and it's just... Well, we'll have to talk to her about it. I'm very intrigued to get to the bottom of this patronizing. But she wouldn't remember this instant. She probably (laughs) wouldn't. But I'm sure she'll defend herself because she's the type. And it's just just (laughs) a a profound impact on my life. And then... I feel like that's really interesting that this one moment has stayed with you so intensely. How many years ago? Oh, I must have been like 14. And also you're still friends with Anna. Yeah. So it's not like you've done anything so terrible. You're like, I've ruined it. You're still friends with her. And it's been like over 10 years. So you can't have done anything that bad. That's because I've now stopped myself from hugging anyone. (laughs) You just cut off. But I feel like in some ways that's worse. I would rather, at least in my opinion, a slightly awkward hug with one arm. You could one arm hug. Yeah. People do that when they're not good huggers. Then no hug at all kind of you could. I don't want to give you another complex but people could take it as oh he, they don't like me or they think i smell yeah. or they're scared of me you know well, it's also i guess the whole um with people whether it handshake or kiss on the cheek and then i get quite clammy hands and so handshakes <laughs> freak me out as well you can you know i just feel like kiss on the cheek is too far for you i kind of imagine <laughs> you being a kiss on the cheek kind of guy which i think if you decided you're all man bun now yeah. so who knows who you are? You could be anything or anyone. Mm-hmm. So if you were like, I'm Matthew Elliott, I have a man bun and I kiss people on their face, that could be you. And I would be pro it. Okay. But I think that you have to have it from within you. Okay, yeah. And so I think that you could be a one-armed hugger. I think mm. that could be your thing. You know those people who just kind of give a, a side, yeah. sh- over-the-shoulder little mm. hug type situation? You could do that. Yeah, but I was, um, I was in a club and I got introduced to this guy and we did, I don't know what you'd call it, you know those fancy handshakes where you kind of do one and then it sort of goes into a handshake then you kind of put your shoulders together. Who was that person? And some guy I'd never met before. And how did he know that you would know that routine? Well, I didn't. This is the thing. It, somehow he's the only person I've ever been in sync with and we just did it out of one. And that has, in the same way that that incident traumatised me. I'm still living off that moment. Okay, I high. think you could, if you really wanted to, make secret handshakes with all your closest friends. Yeah. I would be into that if you did that. If I, like, saw you would go to a party and have special handshakes for all your friends. Excellent. Yeah. You could do that. I would be very pro that. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be yeah, like a weird vibe. No, I think it would be excellent. <laughs> it all depends. You have to decide, you know, if you're friends with someone and they're like, you're like, hey, do you want to have a secret handshake? They could be like, yes, definitely. Or well, they could be like, no, thank you. And if they say no, thank you, don't force one on them. Okay. But um, I think secret handshakes are excellent and mm-hmm. I wish more adults did them. True. True. I mean, I agree. But, uh, but um. I feel like, was it you who was telling me about love languages? Yes. So, isn't touch a love language? Maybe it's just not my love language. Yes, but I think that to have a healthy relationship, as in fine, with friends, it is somewhat irrelevant. Okay. But like, you know, if you have a partner, Mm -hmm. touch is very relevant. I think that's on the, that's like clearly defined, like in the rule book of like friendship, 
it's very ill-defined. The relationship is very much like touches on the cards. I understand. I guess it depends. For me, I'm very huggy with all my friends. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you're close to somebody and you, like, care for them, then there's, like, touching involved. But, yeah. like, not gross touching. Mm-hmm. It stays in appropriate regions. Yeah. You know? I mean, um, what is a love language? How would you define it? So a love languages are... I think there's there's this online quiz you can find out what yours are, but... <laughs> It's just how you show your love to somebody. So people could be very like vocal and be like, I love you, I love you. Some people can be with their actions. So they'll do lots for the people they care about. Mm-hmm. Other people will be huggy and kissy. Um, other people give the people they love gifts. Mm-hmm. There are different ways you can show people you love them. And the healthiest relationships have compatible love languages. So is compatible the same? Like we'd... Not necessarily. I think it's when the other person appreciates and registers. Mm-hmm other people's love languages so like i have a relationship with somebody in my family not immediate Mm -hmm. who is very huggy and kissy with me Mm -hmm. but they're kind of a butthole and like they're not very nice to me but they're always like mish come and have a little hug and i'm like please no Mm -hmm. and i like you have to be nice to me to get to hug me okay i think it's one of those things so it depends i think there has to be kind of a give and take for the multiple layers but i think for the best love there has to be all the things you know but all you have to master all of the love languages well, just a little bit you know obviously you don't have to give them a present every time you see them but like when present occasion comes up mm-hmm. giving a thoughtful present means something okay do you know what i mean yeah i mean I'm, my gift giving skills are pretty poor yeah it's okay as long as you've thought about it if you're like you've met somebody and then they spoke about this thing and you give them a book related to it mm. books aren't expensive yeah you just give them a book <laughs> Fair. you know what i mean yeah it's not hard to be a good gift giver. You just have to think about that person and what they like. Mm-hmm. And even, I think, it doesn't matter if the other person really likes the gift as long as they can tell that you've thought about the gift. Okay. I think. But then I also don't want a load of like, shit clogging up my home. With, like... When people give you gifts. Yeah. It's just like once a year for your birthday. I mean, a lot of my friends, their love language is gift giving. And so I see them just constantly throwing <laughs> gifts at me. So and you're in a terrible situation right now where people are giving you too many gifts yeah. and... Fair it's enough. Well, you should probably talk to them. You should be like, that's not my love language. And um, My love language is kissing on the cheek. <laughs> because you have a man bun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, on the, the man bun. So I'd also say in terms of greeting, you are someone who is good at compliments. Yes. I like, um, but also they don't feel worthless because you will also point out something that you don't like. Yeah, and that's true. Like, I feel like it's such a good skill for getting to know people, getting people on your side, like early early doors? Yeah, I think I have this thing that I found from, I think going to girls' school really gets this out of you, is that I was really not my favourite. Like, if I went back in time, me at, like, 13, I would not have been my friend. I was Mm -hmm. a sassy bitch. But I think you kind of hone in and I think when you're a kid you it's really hard I've always been a very honest and my parents hated it as a kid mm-hmm. I used to always tell the truth and they'd be like so you want me to lie and they'd be like no I don't want you to lie but you shouldn't have told that woman that her shoes were tacky mm-hmm. you know what I mean and it was um so it's kind of honing that in and like learning what are the appropriate things to say and what are not but I feel like if you think something nice about someone mm-hmm. you should tell them yeah nobody doesn't want to hear something that somebody else thinks that is nice mm. Everybody wants to hear nice things about themselves. And like, I think I'm lucky. I'm like kind of short and not particularly like, like I'm not like 
Instagram looking. I feel like I'm an unassuming person. So when I compliment somebody, people take it well. Mm. I guess that's always in my head of like, um, I don't know, pervy guys. I always feel like I'm conscious of not, I would well, maybe could, two in my head. Yeah, you can like, maybe like, don't be like nice boobs or anything. That's probably. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes so much sense now. <laughs> but like, if you're like, I like your dress, it's not. But just perfect. even that would feel like I'm looking at your body. I'm I'm objectifying <laughs> yeah. you. Okay, sure. Then you can say earrings. Earrings are always safe. Okay. People or nobody's looking I at earrings. I don't notice earrings though. <laughs> you don't say it. What do you like when you notice something nice about someone? Say it. It's not that. Like, I guess it would be creepy if you were like someone. You have beautiful lips. That would be creepy. Whereas I could say that and it wouldn't come across. But I think there's something, there's something about women complimenting women. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a difference with the male gaze. Yeah. I did it, quotation marks. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. I always do them wrong. Like Joey, <laughs> you know. But I think I did them right at that time. Um, but even with other, other guys, I'm trying to get better at complimenting my male friends. I feel like it's I don't know, a good thing to... Yeah, I think it's great. I think, but you don't always think things about somebody's physicality. Mm-hmm. You know, when you compliment somebody, you can compliment them and be like, you have a great sense of humour or mm-hmm. you... Well, after they've told a joke, instead of laughing, just like, <laughs> you have a great sense of humour. No, but like afterwards, you know, just slip it in. It's not, I don't know, I think I do have a lucky knack mm-hmm. for slipping in compliments in a non in an in an organic way yeah but um i wish more people would compliment people i think it's so nice mm-hmm. i mean but on the opposite end of compliments i feel like um a lot of people who have never said much to me before have felt very okay with telling me my bamboo looks shit <laughs> and it's it's I mean, it's fair enough like, and it's interesting i've never had um something that's so um someone looks at you and sees something about you and invents a whole story of who you are right based on it yeah um and so it's been quite interesting to have that but um yeah it's and it's also so inaccurate for who you are <laughs> it's so inaccurate completely any assumption you would i guess you are vegetarian <clears throat> so that aligns do you ride a bicycle no i can't really ride a bike yeah no i knew that um so yeah i don't honestly i don't i don't know yeah it just it's but then why did you decide to do it? What was it about the man bun that you were like, this is me now? Yeah, I don't know. I've, I did look at it and I saw someone with it and I was like, I reckon I could pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently that's not been the case. But then you've still pushed through. You've been like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I have a man bun. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I want to try it for a few months. And also, um, it's not like this is my life now forever. Yeah, it's just yeah, going to keep it for a few I just Have I, you found women are approaching you differently now that you have a man bun? Yeah, it was actually, it was interesting. When I went back to my hometown, mm. it had a more positive response. And I think that's because it doesn't have the associations that people have with it in London. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was just free to be a bit different. But do you not also think that people in your hometown, like, know you and, like... No, this is random. Oh, random people. Yeah, like, um, not necessarily Is it because people. you're from the North or the Midlands or whatever you want to call it? <laughs> um, but, like, when you're from above London, people are nicer. So do you think there's a possibility... That there's that going on. I mean, I would love to say that is the case, but um, I don't know. I just, it's sort of, when people have said things about it, I've never, I've not been bothered by it and I, f- I found it amusing, but it was just the accumulation of them over like a week or so, having people who've never said anything positive about my appearance or necessarily negative, all feeling that they had a right to tell me that they that this looked awful. Look, there is something about a man one <laughs> <laughs> that is, is, um... I think that they have become publicised in a way mm-hmm. and they are now no longer fashionable. Yeah. They have had their 
time in the sun and mm-hmm. that time is now gone. Yeah. And so now you've jumped onto a, a, a trend mm-hmm. that is done. Yeah. It's like if I was like, I'm going to start wearing like, I don't know, what did we do? I don't know, wearing those studded belts and like <laughs> having emo hair like I did in school. Mm-hmm. You know, and then people would be like, what are you doing, Misha? Yeah. You know, I think that there's a level of that and people are just like concerned mm-hmm. for you that you weren't aware that it was over. <laughs> <laughs> I always find that if I um, see, I think I told you this before, but if, if I see someone else with a man bun, because mm-hmm. um, around this area is quite a lot of us, there's sometimes <laughs> there's like a, like a respect for each other. But a lot of times it feels like um, <laughs> we hate each other because, and I feel like this is because... Um, People with man buns, we kind of lack a personality, and so we've made up for it with this thing that becomes our whole appearance. You know, like um, people whose weed is their whole personality. Yeah. Well, you know, do you think it's the thing about like the bigger your man bun, the bigger the personality? Is there something to do with that? I don't know. It's just it's yours is quite small. So what does that say I mean, about that, you? That's because I've done it through here. It could be bigger. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but you know. In the grand scheme of things, like if I had a man bun, mm-hmm. it would be bigger. True. You see what I mean? Like, okay. there, could, there is a man out there with a bigger man bun. Yeah, I mean, there always is. It's <laughs> always. All right, I think we should probably transition into the, All right. the meat. I was thinking we'd probably do a bit where I would ask you to pretend that I had a big bushy beard like Sigmund Freud and just to say how lush it was. Okay. And then um, sort of analyze your dream from a Freudian perspective. Sure. But then I realized that you can't become an expert in Freud over an evening of Googles. No. So I've got a few bits. Please. So Psychology Today says that psychologists are genuinely divided over the function and meaning of dreams. Some psychologists think that dreams are nothing more than the result of random brain activity that occurs while we are sleeping. Others accept the perspective of people such as Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung, that dreams can reveal a person's deepest unconscious wishes and desires. Honestly, I really, really think Hope not, mm-hmm. because I am one of the unfortunate people in this world. I remember all my dreams. Okay. I can wake up, and if I don't, I forget them over the day, but when I wake up, I know where I was and what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, last night I dreamt about kittens. Okay. You know, it was an exciting dream, but I remember it. And so, and I dream a lot of, like, not cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, I really hope that's not true, because I'm a much worse person than I want to be, if that is true. <laughs> Do you write down, you don't write down your dreams? No, I would. I don't want to be able to remember them ever again. No, I try to forget them as quickly as I can. I, find it really, I wake up and I can sort of feel the dream like leaving my head. It almost feels like it's just being sucked out. It's yeah. Some people are very lucky; they just don't remember them at all. <laughs> I like remembering my dreams though. Oh, well, you must have a better mind than me. So the Danny DeVito dreams specifically. How many times have you had these dreams? Okay, I've had three separate okay. Danny DeVito dreams. The first one was the most vivid, and I still remember it to this day. Mm-hmm. How long ago was it? It uh, would have been, ooh, I think at least two, three years ago. Okay, wow. But I think people have really latched onto it. The people in my life have really, like, they enjoy that that's something that has happened, and they talk about it all the time. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's re- it re-enters my psyche a lot. Mm-hmm. And I worry even after having this discussion, I'll have another one. <laughs> Um, because people really enjoy it. So then I think about it loads and loads and then I'll have another. So I've had, so the first dream, maybe three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I've had two since, but I don't really remember the other two. And was there 
uh, I don't know, were you in a similar headspace when you had them? Was it like a stressful day or? Honestly, I don't remember. I just remember waking up and being like, whoa. So what was the, the story of the first dream? Okay. I don't remember the other two. So this is the only one. I'll try and give you as much detail as I can. Um, so I was with Danny DeVito in my dream. Okay. And uh, I was very attracted to him. What sort of era Danny DeVito is this? Um, I think Matilda, not white-haired now, like Matilda kind of when he was in Twins, that mm. kind of grouchy yeah. period. Um, and he was there, and I think we were in, this is when, I don't know where I was, but I was in some living room. Mm-hmm. And I had previously in real life bought these really beautiful pillowcases from Pakistan, okay. and they were silk and like beautiful and could not be machine washed. And then in my dream, my pillowcases were there. And anyway, so me and Danny DeVito were like, I was really attracted to him and I like really wanted to make a move. Mm-hmm. I was like, I really want this to happen. I think at the time, I don't know, I was like, oh, is he married or not? Because I was really concerned about adultery. <laughs> but then I think I was just looking at him and I was so attracted to him. Yeah. I was like, fuck it. Like, I don't even <laughs> care. And so then like, I made a move and it was reciprocated. And then we were making out, going hot and heavy. <laughs> it was like not a lot of below the belt stuff. But okay. there were, I remember in my dream, there was nothing going on, but I knew that things were going to go further. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm so scared. It's going to jizz on my pillows. <laughs> And then, and I was really intense and I was like, oh no, but I was like, I don't even, and then I was like, I don't even care, whatever, but I was really concerned about my pillows. And yeah, then that is what I can remember from that dream. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> do you still have the pillows? Yeah. Are they on your bed? No, they're downstairs. I don't, I don't even know what's the next question to ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the dream ends sort of was it one of those where the dream the story of the dream had come to a natural conclusion or was it sort of mid-dream you're about to hit the the ground um honestly i don't remember the dream ending i just remember waking up and i don't know i think it i don't even know if that was my last dream but that dream really stuck with me Mm -hmm. but i don't remember the end of it it was a very long time ago okay and the other two dreams you don't remember i think they were less sexual but still the attraction was very much it was present okay and i was just like really here for it and was it did you have the second time around now that it's recurred did you have more of a what is this type um i think a part of me that was just really angry because i was gonna have to tell people and then people would be like oh my god you love danny devito and then Mm -hmm. everyone would go on about it for ages which happened and still happens Mm -hmm. But no, I don't know. I think I have loads of weird dreams all the time. Like I've also had three really intense dreams about my ex-flatmate, Emily, you know, and she's a beautiful Swedish lady, but I am not a lesbian. Mm -hmm. But in my dreams, I was like, oh, this is going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. So it's like I'm as attracted to Danny DeVito as I am to Emily, probably. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm more attracted to Emily. Did you tell Emily that you had these dreams? Oh, for sure, for (laughs) sure. I had one dream where we kissed and we lived together at that time and it was really vivid. Mm -hmm. We kissed and I was like, oh my God, we're going to get together. And she was like, I love you. And I was like, I love you. We're going to be together. But she had a boyfriend at Mm -hmm. the time. And she was like, I'm going to break it off with him. And Mm -hmm. then she saw him the next day 
and they came back to the flat and they were holding hands and I was like heartbroken I mm. was like what and I was like you're still together and she was like I couldn't tell him and I was like why and she was like Misha his face is so beautiful and I was so upset she broke my heart and then I woke up and was really angry with her and told her about it I was like I can't believe you did that to me well, it's, I mean it often is the way isn't it that you have those dreams and then you sort of keep the emotions I was people. so mad I'm still mad about it when I think about it uh, so did, did the attraction to Danny Zurita did that come into the day I honestly, I feel like I've dreamt about it so many times now that actually I feel like if I did meet him, uh-huh. I'd probably give it a go if it was available. <laughs> like he does have a wife and she's a very cool, interesting lady. Uh-huh. And I d- wouldn't want to disrespect that dynamic. Mm-hmm. But if he was a free agent, I'd probably give it a go. <laughs> I mean, it would be something to add to the autobiography, wouldn't it? I think so. I think you can't have this many dreams about somebody who is a celebrity and so opposite of what my written down type is mm-hmm. to not give it a go. Yeah. So this is from a website called Dream Mood, so obviously mm-hmm. very um, reliable. So to see an actor or actress in your dream represents your pursuit for pleasure. Your admiration of a particular celebrity may lead to a desire to have some of their physical or personality traits. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, I don't think there's anything physical uh-huh. about Danny DeVito that I personally desire. Yeah. I think we share our hair colour uh-huh. and height yeah and personality and a, little, a little bit you know we're both quite funny mm-hmm. you know um, I don't know yeah I don't I don't I don't think there's anything in particular I would, wouldn't mind to be rich that would be nice <laughs> well, it goes on to say that you should consider also who this actor actress is and what characteristics you associate with her or him so what do you what do you associate with Danny DeVito um, uh, he's quite sassy assertive you know, mm-hmm. I think with a man of that stature, it's quite manly, masculine, which mm-hmm. I respect. Oh, actually, here's a question I wrote down. What do you think Danny DeVito's love language is? Ooh, how interesting. He seems like a hugger, mm-hmm. I think. I don't think that he would shy away from a hug at all. I think he would be very pro a hug. Mm-hmm. I think probably he would maybe be an actions person, I think. I think he seems like the kind of person who wouldn't talk about the love all the time, but Mm -hmm. probably would show it by... Is that a grand gestures type? No, no, no. I think it's more like you being like, oh, can you pick up the bread? And then they pick up the bread and not complain about it and make Mm -hmm. a big deal about it. Just like somebody who thinks... Or even being like, oh, we need bread offhandedly, and then they buy the bread. You know, just those kind of people who just think to do nice things for other people. Yeah. So, um... A interview with Danny DeVito and I think I'm getting this right where he was saying that when he was trying to hit on women when he was younger because he was conscious of being shorter than them and he, if they were dancing he'd sort of be at boob level mm-hmm. he sort of didn't do slow dances and he sort of um, did faster dances and mm-hmm. he sort of became sort of quite accomplished at that mm-hmm. and I don't know does that fall into it like just, just in terms of like learning a skill to impress someone is that not a love language perhaps? Well, it could be <laughs> I don't know I should have read more about love languages before I came okay what did I get I got um, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, acts of service. Acts of service? No, I don't think learning to dance is acts of service. But what if I'm like someone who really likes dancing? Oh, I guess that's really nice. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. And physical touch. Um, I think quality time is a really important one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He's very famous. Maybe he doesn't have the time. So I'm going to go into an analysis territory now. So my, my Freud quote, I couldn't find some... I couldn't understand Freud's actual stuff, so I've gone from simplepsychology.org. Oh, good. So, Freud distinguished between the manifest content of a dream, what the dreamer remembers, and the latent content, the symbolic meaning of the dream, i.e. the underlying wish. 
the manifest content is often based on the events of the day. So the process whereby the underlying wish is translated into the manifest content is called dream work. The purpose of dream work is to transform the forbidden wish into a non-threatening form, thus reducing anxiety and allowing us to continue sleeping. So, for example, he had a patient who dreamt of strangling a small dog, mm. but it turned out that his, the patient was resentful of his sister-in-law and used to refer to her as a dog. So by strangling the dog in his dream, it was actually his sister-in-law, but it allowed him to alleviate himself of the guilt mm. of strangling the sister-in-law. I can't think what what would Danny DeVito represent. I guess could be sexual frustration okay. would be there. And I guess Danny DeVito can be men. And then, you know, it's a release without having having to deal with a real man. Yeah. I guess Danny, what was it? I googled um, um, like an article about height and its desirability. And they, they all send, tended to quote Danny DeVito as being an example of a short man. And so clearly, I would say, if there's anything symbolic, his shortness would be a part, it's a defining physical characteristic, well, isn't it? I have always, since quite a young age, been more inclined to the taller man. I always said that I'd like to be with a man who's seven foot. Okay. Uh, you know, like one of those NBA types. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like filled out. And I, as I said earlier, I tend to go for a, a more ethnic looking man. Okay. So I feel like Danny DeVito is like the exact opposite of my, um, you know, if I was to write down, you know, obviously life is life and people are people, but mm-hmm. he's the opposite of my, you know, if you like a guy, what mm-hmm. would he be? La la la. Mm-hmm. So I think it means that the, what you're searching for in your life on paper, you need to flip it on its head and you need to sort of maybe go, new go to the other. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we'll have to see if a very short, round, balding American comes along. I'll say, well, why not? It might not even be like a sexual thing. Just like, just generally, it's that your perceptions of what you think is good for you is actually wrong. It's the opposite is what you need to be pursuing. Ooh, you know what? I am going through my quarter life crisis right now. So mm-hmm. maybe this really important information <laughs> for me. I have no idea what I'm doing. I graduated last week and I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. Mm-hmm. So this might change everything. Yeah, so the, the, there'll be a thing that you'll think, these are the, the, the things that you value, the things that you think are important over the next few years are actually meaningless. <laughs> and the opposite is what you should be going okay. for. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? I should move to Germany because I really don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't understand how it, you couldn't read the information you've got. Is that? <laughs> I mean, we can put you a ticket right now. <laughs> we can. We'll do it in a bit. Yeah, we could. You could like um, have um, a mini episode every week where you call in about how your life in Germany has just become amazing, <laughs> and how I've met a smaller man there. You're getting so too fixated on the smaller oh, man. Okay, He's a sorry. symbol. He's, He's a, a symbol. symbol. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, sure. I'll move to Germany. So I found some other people who've having, been having Danny DeVito dreams. Oh, there's more people. Yes, there's a Excellent. community. Excellent. <laughs> so. Um, this was uh, an article for Medium. Um, Richard Merton's four nightmares I've had where I woke up to Danny DeVito holding me. So that gave... So he had a nightmare in a dream. Just like an Inception type of thing. And then he wakes up and Danny DeVito is holding him. Or in the dream, <laughs> yeah. Danny DeVito is holding him. Because he shouldn't... I can't imagine Danny DeVito is truly there holding him. <laughs> yeah. Unless Richard Merton knows Danny DeVito intimately. <laughs> I've got to assume that I wrote that title down wrong because that doesn't make no sense. Um... 
I'm going to try and read out his dream, but it's quite long and I will mess it up. So, okay. Just stay with me. Just before graduating high school, I was under a lot of stress and riddled with uncertainty. You're going through an uncertain period. Mm -hmm. As a result, my sleep pattern and quality of sleep took devastating hits. How's your sleep at the moment? Well, like, I didn't have these dreams at the moment. (laughs) So they happened many years ago, but I don't... Right now, it's fine. Yeah. I remember one particular night where I tossed and turned into the early hours of the morning. When I finally fell asleep that night, I started having a terribly vivid nightmare. I was in a dark, dense forest with the sensation of being chased. I started running in a random direction, but the unknown being kept chasing. I could feel the presence getting closer and closer until I could almost feel its hands grab onto me. When I jumped awake, my fear was immediately dispelled when I realised I was wrapped in the strong, hairy arms of the one and only Danny DeVito. In my half-asleep state, I looked at him and said, Hey, aren't you famous Hollywood actor Danny DeVito? Yes, now rest my child. All is well. He spoke in a soft but firm voice that calmed my nerves in an instant. I closed my eyes, let my mind go empty, and fell back to sleep. When I woke up, Danny had left, and I didn't even get the chance to tell him how much him being there meant to me. So it's essentially, this, this is one of many dreams that Richard had. But it was dream within a dream. Yes, it seems so. Mm-hmm. And Danny DeVito was quite a, a reassuring figure. Well, you know, he is beloved. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe it's a thing of Danny, you said that Matilda, it was that sort of era. Mm-hmm. Did you watch a lot of Danny DeVito films as a kid? Is it like a harkening back to a safety? Do you know what? Um, there was a Danny DeVito period mm-hmm. of time i think maybe at the time i was watching it's always sunny too so okay. that could also have been something um i've never i don't know if i really think of danny devito as a comforting presence in my life but mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i never really watched matilda i don't think i've ever seen it what mm. <laughs> what is an excellent movie was it like a, a mainstay in your house um yeah yeah we liked it <laughs> You know, we love empowered women in my house. Because she's a witch? She has magical powers, and there's a nice lady, and there's another mean lady, but it's all ladies, really. And is Danny DeVito a good guy in it? No, he is a bad guy. Oh, okay, that's different. He is a poor father. Like, like poor as in not lack of wealth. Poor as in bad at being a father. And did you see see the stuff about there was a high school student in Pennsylvania who took a cardboard cutout of Danny DeVito to her prom? That's hilarious. So she said, um, I couldn't find myself a date in real life or with an actual human, so I bought one on Amazon. I've always loved Danny. I loved him in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I loved him in Hercules and Matilda. I just love him in every form he takes. Danny was there for me when I really needed him. He treats me the way a woman should be treated. That was how I was going to link it back to. He's a protective figure for these people. Right, yeah. Um, Honestly, I don't think so for me. I think it was... And even in the dream, there wasn't a security there. I think I was quite anxious. It was very much... The raw physical. Okay. You know. Was Matilda the main film that you watched Danny DeVito in? Or like, how familiar are, are you with his films and TV? Um, I think I'm quite familiar. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't be like, I'm the world's biggest Danny DeVito fan. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I didn't have, tele- like, I didn't have more than five channels mm-hmm. from always until I was about 12 or 13. So I watched a lot of, like, you know, ITV and Channel 5 movies which were like subpar and there was a lot of Danny DeVito on them. Okay. So I think I've seen quite a lot of Danny DeVito but like they weren't particularly meaningful movies so they kind of like went in and went out. Mm, went deep into your subconscious and rooted as a symbol for your later life. Yes, exactly. And then there's um, also sexually attracted to Danny DeVito the Tumblr. Oh. 
which um, I should have taken some quotes from, but it's basically the, uh, I think, I don't know how Tumblr works. Is, is Just it, pictures and stuff, isn't it? Is it one person who adds all the pictures to the to this particular Tumblr, or is it lots of people who add their well, own? I think there are lots of people that could be part of a group, maybe, and they can send it. I don't, honestly, I don't have Tumblr. Because it was basically um, a picture of Danny DeVito, and then underneath it, I guess, either a phrase or like a small poem about him, about the attraction to him. So you're clearly not alone. There is a community see, but, uh, out there. You see, I think what you're getting confused about is that I have not carried this dream attraction okay. into my real life mm-hmm. and into my waking attraction. I wouldn't say a wake Misha has an attraction to Danny DeVito. As I said previously, probably wouldn't say no mm-hmm. because of the dreams. Yeah. But if somebody was like, Misha, are you attracted? Mm-hmm. To Danny DeVito, I'd probably be like, no, thank you. So who are people who you would be attracted to? <sighs> okay, so first that comes to mind might be worrying is, you know, Richard from Friends, Tom Selleck? Yeah. He will get it. I mean, that's a standard. That's not worrying, is it? No, I don't think so. I don't think he's quite old. But, um, you know, age is just a number, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, the heart wants what the heart wants. Um, are you a big fan of a tash? Yes. Yes, yes, I am. Um... Who am I attracted to now? I don't know. Like, obviously, I have the basic ones, like Idris. Everybody mm-hmm. loves Idris. I don't know. Ooh, I just watched that Netflix movie mm-hmm. to all the boys yes. I've loved before. And that Noah Centennial or whatever his mm-hmm. name is, oh, he could have a piece. Do you listen to the first aid kit? No. Um, they just did an episode about him. They, um, I can't say my TH is very well, but they thirst after people every week and he's the guest that they fixated on. Not guest, sorry, the, the topic of discussion. Yeah. And what did they find out? Was he worthwhile? I think they just talked about the film and how sort of... What were they saying? He was someone who was... Obviously, who was fit, but also someone who respected boundaries. They liked yeah. that about him in that film. Um, he was a delight. Yeah, and the, the whole thing of him like going to get the Korean yogurt she likes. Yeah. Um, also, giving... is Yakult Korean? Because I don't think it is. Yeah, I... I'm pretty sure Yakult isn't Korean. And I was surprised that they didn't know it in the US, is it? I'm like, just say Yakult. Like, it's not... <laughs> I don't understand why they were making it such a big deal. But I guess it's because he had to go to all the way to the Korean supermarket that was across town. So it was a big deal that he got her that yogurt when they were sitting on that bus or whatever. And then, I mean, this is not going to make any sense for anyone who's not seen the film, but there's the... In the jacuzzi, mm-hmm. when he mentions to her that he got the, the yogurt, mm. and she, he's like, what did that mean? And then she says... Um, she sort of dismisses it. That's her not responding to his love language. His love language is gift giving. Yeah. And she's not replicating. She's like, I don't care whatever about Gakol. But then she gets in the jacuzzi. So is her love language touch? Well, yeah. That's how she's showing him that she's here for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. I do I do have a, a soft spot for him currently. Who else do I like to look at on the internet of beauty? Ooh, you know Jason Momoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, love a bit of that. Well, he's dating Lisa Bonet, so like such a beautiful couple. They have beautiful children, beautiful couple, everything about that. They have children, they They have children. They have two children. Oh, yeah. And he's Hawaiian, and he was always saying this really annoying stuff. So, personality wise, not my fave, but excellent specimen. Mm -hmm. Not to objectify Jason Momoa, I'm sure you're very nice. (laughs) Oh, I do have very strong sexual feelings towards Michael Sarah still. Okay. Okay. So, arrest development, adorable. And there's no way to know how he would grow up. Okay, yeah. So you, you didn't have the sexual feelings for him in Arrested Development. Um, I was younger than him when okay, I watched fair. it the first okay. time. So it was fine. It was, appro- it was appropriate, you know. There was nothing, you know, gross about that. Mm-hmm. But um, then, you know, he grew up and became what he is now. And I'm still here for it. I loved Juno. 
I like weird indie movies very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's excellent. I also very attracted to Jonah Hill. Don't so, know. Again, don't know why. There's not really... He's quite funny. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a lot of um, charisma. So it's super bad, like your Magic Mike. Oh my God, I'm here for it. <laughs> Literally. Magic Mike was fine, but like, yeah. Yeah. But I think Jonah Hill, a little in more in the future. He was peak, you know, gross in Superbad, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jonah Hill. But I'd probably still have said yes. Yeah. yeah. So I saw these clips of Jonah Hill where, oh, I can't remember, it was him in interviews just being... Um, in the same way that people feel like they can just attack my man, man button, mm-hmm. people just feeling like they had they were allowed to just be mean to Jonah Hill in interviews, like picking on his appearance, his acting skills. It was, um, you see, he looks quite upset in them actually. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think you're great, Jonah. So, um, yeah, and he's really glowed up now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good for him. Who else? Um, you know what? I feel like I can't do this interview and not talk about my true first love, like yeah. my first first crush. Mm-hmm. With Shah Rukh Khan. He is a very, very famous Indian actor. Mm-hmm. He is probably, like, one of the most famous people in the world. The only um, thing I know about him was he was on Jonathan Ross. And I remember the audience just going mad for him. And I remember I didn't know who he was at this point. And just, just getting the sense of, holy shit, like, this guy's like Tom Cruise. But I just didn't know who That's he exactly was. That's exactly what he is. More than Tom Cruise. Okay. He's like, if you combine Tom Cruise with Brad Pitt, with George Clooney, and... Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah. That's how famous he is. Um, yes. And he did this movie that came out the year of my birth and then a few kind of similar movies after that. Um, and he just was this excellent, passionate, hilarious love interest. And he's truly who my heart desired. But now he's started doing terrible movies only and okay. he's not aged gracefully. <sighs> And so, is he still a big star? Is he still oh more famous than uh, ever? Okay, but he does only trash movies. Sorry, Sharon, <laughs> but it's true. <sighs> so I don't know on his because I know nothing about him. On his scale, is he? If we're saying he's the biggest star, are there similar stars of a similar size, or is he just like one and then there's a massive gap between him and anyone else? You know what? He is. There are stars similar to him. There's like because there was a period of time in Bollywood where there was just like maybe five dudes Mm -hmm. doing movies and those dudes stayed doing movies for the longest time for at least 15 years where it's just these dudes and then they just got too old and then they start had to bring in younger actors so now there are younger actors but these main these i think probably you would say because there was there was this three khans so there's salman khan Mm -hmm. who is very interesting i think you would enjoy to know about him he is um they call him Bai, which is brother. So he's India's brother. And he has this very kind of charismatic, chill look. And like, he pretends like he's just like this boy next door, but he's like 45 now and it's embarrassing <laughs> to still be the boy next door. Would that be an equivalent of Reese Witherspoon being like America's sweetheart? I guess kind of, but from you can still be America's sweetheart and be 45, but you can't be the boy next door <laughs> and be um, 45. And he is interesting because he dates many like supermodels and then he helps them get famous and stuff and like he's had lots of girlfriends but he's still kind of somehow managed to convince India that he's a virgin because he's been unmarried (laughs) also he has literally he ran over a homeless man whilst drunk in his car okay killed the homeless man 
didn't go to jail because he made a very heartwarming movie and then India was like oh we forgive you love you <laughs> the people love him like he is so beloved he can do no wrong okay he recently something released that he killed this endangered species it's called a black buck mm-hmm and he killed it like 20 years ago and then then people were getting angry people didn't care that he killed a homeless man mm-hmm. but they cared that he killed some endangered deer so that's india and salman for you and then there's this other dude amir khan who he does like the more bougie like bollywood so he did lagan which was n- nominated for an oscar so what does bougie bollywood look like so it's like he does like the more art house movies but they're still like big money like like money-making machine kind of movies. Now, India is starting to have a better art house scene, okay. which I'm really into, but these men are not part of that. Mm-hmm. And so were these three guys, people that you saw growing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why did... So which one's your favourite? Shah. So why was he your favourite over the other two? Well, he was... I would, I would say, I don't know, it depends. My household, he was arguably the most famous and most important and he is to most girls of my you know generation being from you know south asia mm-hmm. they would all probably argue this there are a few salman households and there are a few armor households but armor didn't get really big until more recently like like 10 years ago or whatever mm-hmm. but there's something Shah Khan did this set of movies with this other actress called kajal okay and they had this kind of romance and they, in real life, they had a romance, or just in the films? No, in the in the films, they okay. didn't. He was married a long time before. Okay. Um, because in India, actors and actresses tend to be well. Actresses not so much. Actresses get married and then they stop being. But actors are already married and then they can be in these movies. But now it's less so. It's more normal now. Mm-hmm. But back then, that was how it was. But they uh, did these three movies together with the same director, and they kind of very similar vein. Mm-hmm. Um, and they literally made people go crazy. Like, they are just beloved movies. They're mm-hmm. just, like, a beautiful love stories that, like, I think if you look back now, are somewhat problematic. Okay. But, God, they, like, they hit you where it hurts. They make your soul feel like melted butter. <laughs> you know, just, like, a really good time movies. And so they did that, and I think they they had a real significance for me and my sisters mm-hmm. and my cousins and then also probably just the wider south asian community they all they there's a cinema in india that still plays this movie that came out when i was born so like i don't 23 years it's still been it's been not stopped because people go there and they sing along and like they're just like mm-hmm. iconic and this might be a, a naff comparison but is it sort of like i don't know golden age hollywood where fred astaire would whack out a film every year and it would be a massive hit exactly i think Salman does that better now. So of those three Khans, Salman does a movie every year on Eid and it's always kind of the same thing and he like has guns and bang bang and then he'll like make loads of money. Um, Shah Khan tries every now and then to do something different, but he's just not picking good movies. I don't know. He's not acting his age. So he'll do movies like, so he did a movie a few years ago called Chennai Express and he played a 40 year old man in it. Mm-hmm. And the or our argument for this 40-year-old man is that he was building his business and he's never had a girlfriend, but he but he's still a really cool dude and stuff. And you're like, what self-respecting 40-year-old man is like, oh, whatever, I've never had a partner or a significant person in my life. We're like, well, that's just sad and embarrassing and not believable. Um, and so he kind of keeps on doing these things that are just not believable. And you're just kind of like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. I mean, is he um, completely sure, like a singing, dancing man? 
they're all it's for main hollywood everything is singing and dancing everything is a is a musical now there's like i told you about the art house movies there's mm-hmm. much less and even now with less art house movies there's less but there was for from the late 90s well like from before always but since i think maybe only like five six years ago there's been less of the singing and the dancing mm-hmm. but even if it's a really serious movie there will be singing and dancing because right. i feel like um for a crush i feel like musicals you can have that moment where there's such strong emotions that you couldn't convey it through actions or even face like it's that moment of just honestly after this i'm going to show you a video okay and there's a lot of nipple that's okay. what I'm saying. A, not Lady Nipple, Sharkhan Nipple. So I'm so I'm saying it being like an emotional sort of musical thing, but you're like, no, it's Nipple. <laughs> <laughs> there's just, I feel like there's a raw... So the thing about Bollywood, I think it's only recently started having kissing and sex scenes. Okay. Very recently. For most, all of my childhood, it's always been very PG, mm-hmm. if not universal, like real low-key stuff. And so, but they would have these really romantic, passionate scenes where the girl would change her sari every three seconds and Mm -hmm. just like be looking beautiful and stuff. And I think there was a real romance to it. I think India really loves a fairy tale or the subcontinent. I don't want to keep on saying they're Indian made movies so I can Mm -hmm. say it, but you know, Pakistan's in the (laughs) bad. But yeah, we love a fairy tale. We love a love story. We love like struggle. and, And I think there's something about that. And these movies kind of, have that and then they all have a happy ending and everybody's in love and it's just beautiful mm-hmm. so in these more art house films are they more sexual or is that still um it's more not it's less about sexual but it's less about love okay so that's the, the movies now that they're, they're having ones which have more like deeper meanings or kind of aren't so they, they have for the longest period of time bollywood had this kind of package deal for what a movie would be it would be a girl meets a guy the guy and the girl don't get along Mm -hmm. then they fall in love then they have some obstacle for their love and then they're happy in the end and now india is starting to produce movies that are showing a different side a different angle a lot of it was focused on like non-resident indians like nris and so so it would always be like in europe or canada or the USA and it wouldn't be showing real India and real kind of emotions. And it's only kind of recently ish mm-hmm. that they've been making popular movies, which are showing real lives of real people. And, mm. you know, and then the lunchbox was made and everybody loved that. That was very exciting. What Excellent. The lunchbox. Oh, so they have it in, they've made it in two languages. They did it in English. You should watch it. It's excellent. Okay. It's very bleak. I loved it. Okay. <laughs> Also, Netflix has just released a bunch of stuff. Love Stories is on Netflix and it's like this Indian, all this five or four Indian directors did different tiny stories about love in India and it was excellent. Mm. I can imagine Netflix brings more different films to people's attention because in Leicester they show a lot of Bollywood films in the cinemas. But I, from the film review programs I listen to, a lot of them aren't screened for critics. So unless you're someone who is aware of the Bollywood scene. It's not. It's rare that you would have a Bollywood film that's reviewed great and everyone's like going to see it. It's yeah. sort of quite self-contained, I guess. It is, I think, definitely in the UK. We have a massive Asian community here. And so I see all my Bollywood movies in the cinema with where other movies are showing, mm-hmm. but probably in like browner areas. Mm-hmm. So like Wood Green is where I usually go. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it's not... There isn't so much translation into the mainstream, which I think is a shame. But I think, like I hate to say it, but a lot of what Bollywood makes is a bit trashy. So unless you want to go and see like a good time, good song and dance movie, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's probably, you know, you're not wasting your time too much. I mean, would you, is it, uh, would you say it's any trashier than Mamma Mia? Uh, 
I think arguably it's more problematic. Okay. I think, you know, so there are lots of issues with consent. There's lots of issues where like a, so there's this new, there was this, so this, there's this new movie that came out. What was it? Badrinath ki Dulhaniya. That came out and this dude meets this girl, falls in love with her, is obsessed with her. And then kind of like treats her really bad. He like, chases so she doesn't want to marry him but he tricks her into marrying her or like blackmails her into marrying her then she runs away from the wedding Mm -hmm. and he's obviously upset about that then he chases her down to singapore then picks her up puts her in the trunk of his car drives her around like treats her really terribly and then at the end of the movie she's like i wouldn't be who i was without you i wouldn't have succeeded in my job as an air hostess without you all this rubbish that's totally not true Mm -hmm. because just men have to be the savior just bullshit (laughs) um so there's a lot of that and there's a lot of just like awkward over sexualization of women and where women are like not respected Mm -hmm. and so like there is some i'm not gonna say that that's all i don't want to put a blanket over it there's lots of good you know indian cinema there's lots of good bollywood that isn't like that but there is a problem with that so i think that coming from a western point of view i think coming as a south asian having that understanding you kind of let stuff go easier Mm -hmm. i think it'd be quite affronting if you're coming from a western perspective and seeing that behavior like this is really messed up and I don't know, are you aware of, is there any, I don't know, like, British-Asian sort of film industry? Like, I, I can't remember. Like, Bend it like Beckham. Yeah, I mean, and they, they have a few. Honestly, like, it's l- limited. Uh, I think Bend it like Beckham was a great movie. Mm-hmm. I loved Bride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Bride and Prejudice. So if you've seen Bride and Prejudice, that's every Bollywood movie. Okay. So, that yeah, that that's that. It's excellent. Like, it's, watching it now, you're like, this is not so good, but I loved it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think British Asian representation is really not amazing. Mm-hmm. So they have on the BBC, they have the that Khan family, the Khan family the, on BBC. Mm-hmm. And I watched a few episodes because I'm just like, you know, why not? But it's just, it's not great. It's a lot of stereotyping and it's not so funny. But, you know, there's stuff. I really liked what Aziz Ansari's done. Like, mm. I know he's a bit me too'd, but... Yeah. Um, I really loved Master of None. I think he yeah, really same. showed a different side of what it's like to be from an immigrant family and having a different perspective from your parents and kind of growing up somewhere that's not the same as your parents and what that means. I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. I like to see kind of the norm, the normalcy of it. Yeah. I also like with Mindy Kaling. So I think America's a little bit more ahead of the game with it, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not so on top of the British scene, but I'm not anything that I can think of. Mm-hmm. And I love Riz Ahmed. I love him. Mm-hmm. I love him. I think he is excellent. Mm-hmm. I like that he goes on TV and it's like, this is what England looks like. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. I think he's one of those guys who was saying that, um, in terms of what you're saying about American representation, he was saying that the, because so many, I don't know, black and brown guys who are British have to go to the US to become famous. And he was talking about how there's like three stages that you have to go through as like, um, a person of color who's an actor and he was saying that the first one was um playing stereotypes and then sort of subverting the stereotypes and he was talking about his role in four lines as sort of subverting stereotypes and then you finally get to the final stage where it's devoid of the stereotype and he was saying that perhaps in britain maybe him and idris elba are maybe the only two people who aren't white who have maybe got to that point yeah i think it's really limiting i think that lots of people have to play into what they are 
because I don't know. I think it's difficult in a way because I feel like I'm really in the London bubble, mm-hmm. like massively. Like I didn't really have a British friend until I was at uni, mm-hmm. which lots of people are like, oh, about. Um, but just it was the area that I was in. Mm-hmm. You know, there was in my year, I think there was only three you know, white British people, which maybe people will be really angry about immigration or whatever. But I really loved my um, childhood and where I grew up. And it was a great situation where I, everybody was different. Like I'm mixed. And so it was never something I felt weird about. I was always surrounded by other people who were cool mm-hmm. mixes and from different places and had different cultures. And so that wouldn't be, you wouldn't make fun of, you know, like that scene from my big fat Greek wedding where they like make fun of her because she's having moussaka. Like that would never have happened in my school. Like everybody was eating different food. Everyone was from somewhere else. Like people wouldn't, girls are mean and they would make fun of you if you were fat or you had pimples or your clothes were ugly or you smelled bad or whatever. But where you were from and kind of the color of your skin was just not a thing. Mm. I watched this really interesting uh, interview with, what was his name? The man from... Channel 4 News, the Indian man, what's his name? Oh, I can't, yeah, I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about, yeah. He did an interview with Jamila Jamil, who's on The Good Place. Mm -hmm. And she is South Asian. I think she's Pakistani, but I'm not super sure. Like, I know her dad is because my auntie dated him, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right, name drops. (laughs) But I never met her or him, so it's really irrelevant. I'm not a good name drop at all. Um, But I know he was Pakistani. So, um, but she was talking about how there's really an issue in the like representation is such a massive problem. And I think that's so true everywhere. Like we have such a massive issue with representation everywhere. Like we watched, I watched this movie yesterday with that Noah Centennial, the Sierra Burgess is a loser. I heard it was not good. Oh my God. So terrible. I cannot even tell you how bad it was. Like that movie had a massive issue with consent. Mm -hmm. So what they did is that they had this guy, they catfished him Mm -hmm. So he's going on a date with this girl, but this other girl is texting him, like listening in and texting him what to say and stuff. And so then he leans in to kiss the girl that he thinks he's going on a date with. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, cover your eyes, cover your eyes. So she covers his eyes. The other girl Mm -hmm. comes up Mm -hmm. and then kisses him with him thinking that he's kissing the skinny, tiny blonde one is actually kissing the larger ginger one, Mm -hmm. which nothing wrong. I'm not trying to say anyone's less beautiful, but that is the argument of the movie. Mm -hmm. And like, I just feel like if the sexes were reversed, people would have gone ballistic. Like Mm -hmm. imagine if there was a girl and she thinks she's making out with some like tall Greek God looking person. And then they close their eyes and some short fat dude comes and makes out with her. People would be freaked the fuck out. And it's just really unacceptable. I don't know who let that movie be made. That's, um, that falls into the same sort of plots you were talking about from Bollywood. So clearly if we're- Yeah, I guess there is problems everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but people hated that movie and I think similarly so but anyway so in this movie like I feel like you don't see representation of people with larger bodies like Mm -hmm. being like a size 14 isn't hideous but it always has to be a plot point yeah and so I think similarly I think there's anything that doesn't fit the kind of cookie cutter of what like western standard of beauty is they are now trying to include it but they're including it in a way that is kind of making a big deal of it rather than, well, that is why I liked To All The Boys I Loved Before. Like she was half Korean Mm -hmm. and like, it was just not even a thing. It was just irrelevant to the Mm storyline. And I really liked that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wish there was more of that. Yeah. Because there isn't. The issue of representation on all scales is just terrible. I feel, especially like now I look at Instagram and like you see there's so many people who kind of look like 
youth are becoming homogenized. Like mm-hmm. I was outside the secondary school last week and every girl coming out of it looked stunning, like beautiful, like mm-hmm. good for them, but you're not supposed to be so beautiful when you're 14. You are supposed to be going through your weird face so you can develop a personality, mm-hmm. but everybody is so Instagram beautiful. I don't know. We'll see. I yeah. worry for the future. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I would toot the horn of um, Lizzo, who's like a, a bigger woman, but is Lizzo super sexy and makes a big point of like getting equally big women to be her dancers and she's kind of all about that yeah so big fan of hers yeah i think that i don't think as soon as there is inclusion people flock to it they love it but i think there's an issue with the higher up and like i don't know where there's like this crazy rich asians coming out it's making billions and billions and black panthers make made so much money like people love it when they see themselves Mm -hmm. in a respectful way but i think it's really hard for executives to realize that you don't have to do it in a way being like ooh ah she's fat and like it's so like that this movie that we watched so bad it's so bad but like the storyline was that she was fat and she believed no, the guy that she liked wouldn't like her if he met her for who she was so she lied to him but like he messaged her by accident but she maintained it because she believed that no one could like her and they didn't really develop the storyline between the two of them and they were constantly talking about the beauty of the other girl mm-hmm. rather than being like and so she was like oh it's so hard to me me instead of being like no I should learn to love myself and accept myself yeah. she was like no I have a really good personality and you're just like ugh Okay, yeah, great, good, have a personality, but also like you're allowed to be buff and chubby. Like, there's they're not mutually exclusive, and I think I find that too all the time. Like, I can be like frustrated because you know, like if I try and lose weight a bit, and then somebody's like, and I'm like, oh, I'm fat, and they're like, no, you're beautiful, and I'm like, I didn't say I was ugly. Mm-hmm. I said I was fat. They're not separate. Yeah. You know, they're not the same yeah, thing, yeah. and I really hate that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> so Danny DeVito was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but see Danny DeVito is a perfect example he's a beautiful man he's delightful he's famous he's become popular but people look at him and laugh because he's small and funny looking yeah yeah I don't have anything to say about this but I I found quite a lot of articles that were sort of or videos that were playing Danny DeVito's sexuality for jokes so they did like a Fifty Shades of Danny DeVito sort of video where they didn't cut him into it and Mm. um, it was I don't know I feel like I get, I get how that's funny, but I sort of. He can I feel be bad sexy. for him. Yeah. yeah, like why? Like I'm sure he has children. I think. Yeah. I'm sure he's a sexual man. Mm-hmm. He deserves, you know. We had sex with his um, wife in the White House. That's great. Yeah. I'm really glad that he did that. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Improved the White House for everyone. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So uh, there's nothing. You know. He he can be sexy. And just because I personally am not attracted to him and then had a dream about him and then everybody was hating on me because of it doesn't mean that there's anything unsexy about Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. Let's not hate. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's all about love. I mean, that was, that'd be a lovely point to end the episode. <laughs> but I do have one extra section which I try and loop in. So um, in, what was the film called? A Dangerous Method, Viggo Mortensen plays Sigmund Freud. So it right. back in. And... You're familiar with a, a show called Hercules, mm-hmm. The Legendary Journeys. Excellent. And there's a long-standing debate amongst many people about who Kevin Sorbo, who plays Hercules, looks more like. Does he look more like Viggo Mortensen or Brendan Fraser? I personally <laughs> think that he looks much more like Brendan Fraser. Okay. But there's been a lot of debate, you know. I have melded their faces together and there is a striking resemblance when you combine... Both Brendan Fraser and Peter Mortensen just look like that dude from Hercules. But 
you know, I think it's up to the public to decide. <laughs> and I think um, from that image that you made, you said that he was a, a beautiful man, the, the combination he of the two. He was beautiful. Much more beautiful than the original Hercules, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to um, tweet that image out there <laughs> for the people to compare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cheers for doing this. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. Hello, I'm appearing at the end again. So, while I was editing this episode, I had a flashback to the traumatising hug, and I realised that I didn't actually lean over. I more sort of squatted. So, I guess that is patronising. Or I can understand how that could be perceived as patronising. So, that's on me. And, I mean, while I'm here, I might as well point out that um, the image, the combined image of Viggo Mortensen and um, Brendan Fraser will be on my Twitter, which is at disappoint matt so check that out for that quality content um also i'll just plug that in this episode i mentioned first aid kit which is a buzzfeed podcast and buzzfeed have now scrapped all their podcasts and the people who put their podcast together the pod squad were amazing so um if you do want something to listen to i check out first aid kit another round or see something say something they were my favorites um because i think i don't know i don't rate buzzfeed's content but those podcasts were great so um, I'll link to stuff about that in the uh, description. Um, cool.